You're listening to All About Agriculture with Rory Lewandowski, presented by OSU Extension in Wayne County, Ohio. And back for another edition of Behind the Scenes here on Worcester Radio and our very good friend, Rory Lewandowski, joining us this morning from the OSU Extension office in Wayne County, talking as always about agriculture. And today's topic, determining a proper manure application rate. Rory, uh, good morning. Happy to have you in here today. Okay, thanks, Ron. Good to be here. Well, on our last program, Rory, we talked about safety around manure storage structures when agitating and pumping manure in preparation for land application. So we're going to kind of take the next step forward today. We'll talk about determining a proper manure application rate. And before we get into the specifics of how to do just that, can you explain the importance of why you need to have that proper application rate? Sure. Well, you know, gone are the days when I can just empty my manure storage structure without thinking about how many nutrients I'm applying to a given land area. Uh, we really need to think about manure as, as a source of nutrients and value it accordingly. And so also we need to think about, you know, are the conditions right weather-wise, soil-wise. Uh, so one reason to determine a proper manure application rate uh, then is certainly for economic value and economic return. Uh, it is possible to uh, overload the soil with nutrients, so we, we want to look at that proper rate. Uh, but it's also important because there are environmental applications. And if we overload the soil uh, with nutrients, we're particularly concerned with phosphorus and nitrogen here. Uh, that increases the potential for those nutrients to move off-site and cause damage to the environment. So we're, you know, we're wasting dollars and we're, we're harming the environment. So finally, it's important because we do have manure application guidelines for best management practices. Uh, those are generally uh, outlined in the uh, Natural Resource Conservation Service NRCS Code 590 standards. Those guidelines, uh, they're actually laws in, in parts of our state. Uh, so again, not here in our part of the state at this point, but we do have to be aware of the regulatory climate or that environment that we're operating in with respect to manure application and, and again, be good stewards of this resource and, and of the environment. Rory, What's involved in determining a proper manure application rate, first off? Uh, from your previous comments about the possibility of overloading soils, uh, one would guess that a soil test might be at least one piece of information that's needed, but what else would be involved? Yes, you are correct. Uh, a current, and usually we define that as less than a three-year-old soil test, is needed, along with a nutrient analysis of the manure, and then a cropping plan for the field where the manure will be applied. Uh, that cropping plan should include a reasonable yield goal based on past history, um, <clears throat> maybe adjusted for some trend line yields with uh, the new plant genetics we're using. Um, but I also need to say that due to our time limitations here today, uh, what I'm discussing is really defined in somewhat broad and general terms. But essentially, uh, we're going to be going over fairly quickly some of the components of a nutrient management plan. Let's look at these each of the components in a little more detail, Rory, starting with the soil test. What numbers are important when you take a look at a soil test, and then how are those numbers used to determine your manure application rate? Right. Well, because of our environmental concerns with water quality, and that's what's, what drives a, a lot of what we talk about here, and the detrimental impact of phosphorus has on water quality, 
We obviously look closely at the soil phosphorus level on the soil test. So from an agronomic perspective, uh, we don't actually expect to see any kind of economic return in crop yield uh, if we're adding phosphorus to soil test above 25 parts per million on a, a Bray P1 test or 40 parts per million if you're using the Malik 3 test. However, there's, there's variability in soils and soil testings, and so uh, dairy farms that include legumes in their crop rotation, uh, their agronomic goal might be to keep their soil phosphorus test levels between 25 and 40 parts per million, again, on the Bray P1, or if you're using the Malik 3 system, that's between 40 to 58 parts per million. Now, once the soil test levels reach about 50 parts per million on a Bray test or 70 parts per million on the Malik 3, you really need to think about quitting phosphorus applications. There's certainly no economic incentive uh, to apply phosphorus beyond that level. However, uh, just to confuse things a little bit, those NRCS 590 standards do permit applications of manure above 40 parts per million of the, of the Bray 1 uh, when they're applied at crop removal rates for your soil phosphorus test levels. Uh, you can do that from that level of 40 parts per million up to 150 parts per million of, of Bray or up to 190 on the May Lake 3. So uh, when we work with manure, we have a little more latitude there. But again, we want to look at our soil test and, and really make sure that we're not overplying and overdoing it. Once again, our guest in studio this morning is Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County talking about how one determines a proper manure application rate. Rory, you just mentioned crop removal rates, and earlier you mentioned that one of the components of determining a proper manure application rate was a cropping plan that included reasonable yield goals. Mm -hmm. Define yield goals and crop nutrient removal rates and explain for the audience, how it's used then to help determine the manure application rate. Sure. Well, there are some pretty well-defined numbers in the case of phosphorus, at least, uh, based on research that allows us to know how much phosphate, uh, that's the fertilizer material P2O5, uh, will be removed for every bushel of corn, wheat, uh, soybeans, corn silage, alfalfa, and wheat straw that we harvest. So, therefore, we can just uh, multiply a yield by that number that's removed per bushel or, or per ton, depending on, on the crop, uh, we can come up with how much phosphate was removed. Uh, we also know from research uh, here in, in Ohio and in other states that for roughly about every 20 to 22 pounds of phosphate that we remove, our soil test phosphorus number is going to decrease by about one part per million. So the point about a yield goal is that it, it needs to be reasonable. So if my soil test phosphorus, again, is bumping up against that no-apply level, um, that means I, I, I'm really only going to be able to apply according to what that crop takes out. I don't want to increase my soil test phosphorus anymore. Uh, so I want to put manure on, but, uh, you know, I can't say, I can't just say, well, I'm going to set my yield go, you know, at, at an unreasonable level. Let's say I set my yield go at 300 or 350 bushels of corn per acre just to allow a, a higher manure rate. Well, that's not realistic. Uh, I'm going to end up building up my soil phosphorus level and, uh, you know, again, potentially causing a, a environmental concern. Uh, and so I, I want to make sure that that yield goal is based on uh, past yield history. So as an example, uh, let's say my plan is to plant some corn into a field where I'm going to apply manure and my soil test is 50 parts per million on, on Bray P1. So at that soil test level, uh, from an agronomic standpoint, certainly, I should really only be applying enough manure to meet the phosphorus crop removal rate. 
And based, if I go back and look, based on the history in that field, let's say I could reasonably expect to harvest 190 bushels per acre. So if corn removes 0.37 pounds of phosphate per bushel, I can expect to remove, I multiply 190 times 0.37, and I expect to remove about 70 pounds of phosphate. And that's only going to decrease my soil test level by about three parts per million because that, that 20 to 22 pounds of phosphate, uh, per, you know, for every 20 to 22 pounds, I bring it down by three. So the point is um, these realistic goals are important to make sure that I'm not building up my soil phosphorus level to levels that, again, could endanger the environment or get me in trouble as, as uh, possibly new regulations come in. So I want to really do a good job of monitoring that. Okay. Rory, the final component of determining a proper manure application rate is to know the nutrient analysis of the manure. So how is that determined and in, in, in also why is that important? Right. Well, farmers, have, uh, you know, if they've attended some of my programs at fertilizer certification programs, they've probably heard me say that uh, applying manure without a nutrient analysis is like going to your local co-op and, and uh, just buying fertilizer without knowing the nutrient value. You know, like walking in and say, hey, my truck's outside, just, you know, throw some fertilizer in the back of the truck. In fact, I don't even care what you put in there. I, I just want fertilizer. Uh, I'm going to apply, you know, I already know what I'm going to apply. I'm just going to take home whatever you put in there. I'm going to go out and apply it on my field at such and such a rate. Now, that's ridiculous. I mean, all of us, we laugh at that and think that's, that's really funny. That would never happen. We never go in and just buy something without knowing what we're buying. But yet, you know, oftentimes we see manure kind of treated that way. We're applying it, but we don't know how many nutrients we're applying per ton or per thousand gallons. So, Part of developing a good nutrient management plan is knowing the nutrient analysis of your manure. When you know the analysis, you can treat it like any other fertilizer material. You can figure out the rate that you're going to need to put on. Now, book value certainly can put you in the ballpark, uh, but manure really does vary from farm to farm depending upon the class and type of livestock, uh, the diet or ration that, that those livestock are consuming, uh, the bedding material that's being used, and then how that manure itself is stored and handled. So looking at our current environmental, again, and regulatory climate, and we think about what's happening in the state, uh, farmers especially need to know the amount of phosphate that they're applying per ton or per thousand gallons of manure. <clears throat> so in a liquid uh, system, sampling should be done after the pit is agitated and ready to be pumped and hauled. In a solid system, that manure can be sampled randomly as it's being loaded into spreaders or before spreading. Uh, the idea here is to take an analysis at least once a year from each different kind of manure that you produce and use on your farm. And then over time, you build a record and you begin to know what your manure nutrient analysis is. Rory, are there any aids available to help farmers develop a nutrient management plan, you know, using this information? Yes, there certainly are. There's various spreadsheets uh, that are available. Uh, for example, there's a nutrient management workbook uh, spreadsheet available on the OSU Extension Ag Crops Team website. Uh, there's also help available through the Wayne Soil and Water Conservation Office. And there are private individuals who are certified nutrient management plan writers as well. Okay. Uh, let everybody know where they can find out more about developing manure application plan or, or aids that are available, how can they do that? Sure. Uh, I think, again, it's important to understand this whole area of nutrient management and especially manure application is under a lot of scrutiny from policymakers right now. Uh, undoubtedly, there are probably going to be some changes ahead. Uh, but for more information, again, contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330 
264-8722. You can also contact the Wayne County Soil and Water Conservation Office at 330-262-2836. And again, uh, we'll have information posted on the Wayne County Extension website as well. All right, once again, our guest in studio this morning, from the OSU Extension Office, Rory Levandusky, who joins us uh, several times throughout the month here on Behind the Scenes. Rory, as always, thanks again and look forward to seeing you next month. You're welcome, Ron. Thank you.